there really should be no reason why we should be friends because you're way too cool. God, I'm the ugliest one of this group. What the? My favorite year, a buyer and forecaster for music. So music CDs. I met Katy Perry, Lady Antebellum, Five Finger Death Punch was coming up. Adele, like met Adele when she was no Roll the video. Like the Empire strike it back, we attack where the Empire strike it back. We attack it like the Empire strike it back. We attack where the Empire strike it back. We attack. There's a big star cruiser that I want to avoid. So I'm gonna hide the stolen plans and destroy. Kinda sad to see him going one of the escape pods. Cause the golden robots kinda got a hot bod. Gonna catch up to him later, somewhere down on the surface. Well, Obi Wan is talking on Peru on purpose. She can disturb the force if you know what I mean. She's hotter than the twin sons of Tatooine. I'm the number one pimp, big job of the hut. Rolling up in my speedy, yo, baby, what's up? Kissing your sister on hot feels ice. Rather catch VD getting down to most ice. Blow up the Death Star, get a gold medallion. Hitting light speed in Millennium Falcon. Then I got a plan for getting up inside her. Pick her up in my trick down tight. Fighter like the Empire strike it back. We attack where the Empire strike it back. We attack like the Empire strike it back. We attack where the Empire strike it back. We attack. It's the Tossing Salad Podcast.
and I am your host, Brian Samatros. We have a very fun episode tonight, episode 34 of the podcast, and we're sitting here with Mr. Greg Eisenhower, who I think, I think might have an in into making a cooler show intro, a musical intro for the Tossing Salad podcast based <laughs> off of that song and that video by Ill Phil. What, Ill Greg, Phil. is this a band that you're part of or have been a part of? It, it, yeah, it's it Rest in Peace. It was a band, uh, gosh, that's been probably lived around 2010, 2011. Yeah, it's a cool, cool story. Ill Phil, Fathers I Like to Hump. Really? Yeah. <laughs> We wanted to come up with something funny, uh, so that's where. We, so yeah, there's a good story about the whole thing if if you're if you if you want to hear it. Um, and so it's literally just a bunch of dads putting yeah. a band together, really. Yeah. So back in 2008, when I was working at Best Buy, I met my buddy Jay Kruger, who I've made music with since then. See, that's like this is like a Clark Kent story for you. Yeah. It's like yeah, you've got your daytime job. Mm -hmm. Greg does. And we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff like how I know Greg, how long I've known him, what he does. And you kind of have your hand on a lot of different things. I See, I have always thought of you like way too cool to like hang out or even know a person <laughs> like myself. You're like, oh, whatever. we've known each other going back 25 years. Yeah. Ballpark. It would have been, yeah, 1995-ish. And you're you're a few years older, which mm -hmm. we always kind of joke about. Yeah. Uh, back when man. we were at the University of Missouri together, we would kind of kid around with Greg because he was the older kid hanging out with us younger ones. I he was like the eighth. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the eight eighth year senior, <laughs> just kind of hanging out. Was he a res yeah. an RA or a TA or was he a student? We yeah. didn't really know. If you've seen um. Days and confused. I was kind of like Matt McConaughey, just not as cool. <laughs> Dude, I I'm serious though. I mean, we've known each other, like I time. said, for about 25 years. Yeah. And aside from just being not only a cool guy that I know, I mean, way again, way cooler than anybody I should be associated with. You're one of the nicest guys, and really just a fun-loving friend that I am like. I can't imagine going through life and not knowing somebody like you and having you within my inner circle. And I say that like you and I communicate and talk on a daily basis. Not really. I mean, right. it's one of those things to where it's a few years will go by yeah. and then we'll, we'll send a funny message here and there. Yeah. It's and that's about, about sports, it. Right. Like as soon as Mizzou gets fined <laughs> for something or. <laughs> and, and we're going to get into the Mizzou yeah. stuff because you and I absolutely deserve that conversation. That's right. Having gone to yeah. Mizzou and been through the lowest of the lows. So tell me a little bit about Ill Filth. Again, the, this Clark Kent word by day, yeah. you're this like desk jockey that has worked at Dillard's and just had this like cubicle. But I, I see you as this guy that probably hates these nine to five jobs because I see you as this creative type, this really cool guy. But I know you've told me before, like you, you like some of the jobs that you've had. And I'm like, it just doesn't fit. This was 2008. I worked for Best Buy for a long time in their corporate headquarters. And that's where I met my buddy, Jay, my favorite year working there. I was in music. So I was a buyer 
and Forecaster for music. So music CDs back when those existed. That's where work and like fun, you know, hobby like came together for one for one year. And I say it was one year just because I got moved into a different area. I got moved into video games, which is just cool. But so that year I was in music. That year was really cool. I met Katy Perry, Lady Antebellum, Five Finger Death Punch was coming up at that point. They're a big rock band. Adele, like met Adele when she was nobody. Like right. And so all these people, when I look back, it's like so cool to be like, I met Katy Perry before she ever blew up. She was the punk rock girl. She she was on Vans Warped Tour at that time. Like just some crazy, crazy fun. But during that time, I met one of my suppliers was a guy named Jay, Jay Kruger. Shout out Jay. He's been my music buddy. He's my keys. He's my Paul and 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 John. You know, we're like, uh, we have that connection. But he introduced me to a group of guys and it was a project called six months to live and what would happen is in october you would have a draft and there'd be about 25 musicians that would come over to jay's house and we would just mingle and start talking about band ideas and the goal of six months to live was you form a band that night you have six months to get ready for the show which was always like in may right around memorial weekend it was kind of the one night stand of music you play one show and you're done and the reason was is it got us through winters up here in minneapolis area it was kind of like the expectation was maybe a practice once a week maybe every other week and it was all people with jobs families you know we were all busy nobody could we were all past our prime of like, you know, riding around in vans together and being bands, but we still all enjoyed it. And so for six months, you'd practice, you'd come up with your band, you'd come up with a theme, you'd write all original music. And then the one cool thing we'd do is every year we'd pick a song that every band had to do. And then we'd play this show and the shows were at bars and it was uh, for charity. So we would we would take all the money and we'd hold back some for like, you know, the party next year, just a little bit, but almost all of it would go to some kind of charity, um, which was really cool. And, and it was always fun because the shows would always, when you're only playing one time a year, which most yeah. of us were, you know, you get all your friends and family and coworkers, everybody, nobody wants to come see you when you're playing every weekend. But if it's once a year, you know, it would seem to get a nice crowd. So that was one of the bands we wanted to do a hip hop project. Because when I got into that, I got into it about halfway through I, I did five years, the project went for 10 years. So every year you had to get new bands, new mix of guys. So we had an idea of licensed to ill from the BC boys was the inspiration. If you remember that album, a lot yeah. of the music was Led Zeppelin samples. Okay, So my buddies and I said, what if we did the music like played that classic rock like zeppelin -y, like guy on guitar bass player drummer and then we had these two mcs and we tried a a hip-hop project and that's ill filth is what came out of it and it was honestly one of to this day probably my favorite band i've been in it actually i'm kind of bummed like because i think it would have actually played out i think that band could have went and played gigs through minneapolis because it was just so unique and different well if you um, go on youtube which i did earlier today just to pull the video and the, and the music off so that we can use it and again thank you for ill filth for letting us use this here on the podcast but you guys it seems like you guys played that song like everywhere there were yeah, so many we, videos out there so that band was a little unique in that like i said normally you would play your one show and it was great that show was awesome it really blew people's doors off like because it was just so different i mean every year i mean each show you'd have four or five bands and there was a comic element to it it was always kind of fun because you're having fun like my first year i did a hair metal band so we did the wigs the makeup like wrote all these dirty songs you know my buddy sat down one night and was like 
he goes, Motley Crue stole most of the good words, but like, you know, just writing everything that had to do with girls and sex and drugs and rock and roll and rhyming them. And he's like, there's so many things you can write about. Ill Filth was, uh, we had just enjoyed it so much that we played a couple more shows out. We did actually kind of, but we just, it fell apart. The classic, you know, just personalities and everything. We just couldn't make it work, you know, as a full-time thing. So it wasn't like it, it fell apart because real life just kind of got in the way. It was actually like, you know, George and Paul fighting <laughs> over the Peter Jackson yeah. Get Back documentary where they fight and they quit and then the the band breaks up. That actually kind of happened to you guys. A little bit. Yeah, this it, is, it, it, it intended to be it's intended to be over. Right. That's the whole thing of the six months to live that we were a part of. There's, and I met some great people through that. I had so much fun doing that. I mean, a lot of my friends that live up here they always would ask like hey when's the show what's the band this year so it was a really cool thing the people that ran it you know they did it for 10 years and they just got to a point where they were just kind of like tight you know just ran its course which is unfortunate because and from that came many other bands i mean at one point i was playing in three bands and all of them are hobby bands i always tell people it's like it was my softball league it was my bowling league i mean we'd get together after work drink a few beers play music i mean that's it so it was, it's a hobby in that sense like you said before though, I, i've always wanted to be more but i mean i'm 50 so <laughs> so you're saying you know with a lot of these bands that at least you were in because they don't stay together it is it really a personality thing versus like creative or real life getting in the way a little bit I, of I, both. i'm just kind of curious about and you're a drummer correct yes obviously okay when you're making these what you call them hobby bands again this yeah. is a world that i have no idea about like i saw you posting about it i mm -hmm. kind of know about it very distantly yeah and i mean i kid you not i i'm like there's there really should be no reason why we should be friends because you're way too cool. Even when I first met you, I'm like, okay, these guys are a little group. It was a group. It, yeah. it was almost like the TV show Friends. Yeah, yeah. I was, yep. A little bit. I was like, God, I'm the ugliest one of this group. What the hell? I, there's no, <laughs> am I here just to drive everybody around and pick everybody up by the end of the night? Like everybody was so hot. Everybody was so cool. There really shouldn't be any reason why involved dude, in man. your little circle, but I am an again i i mean i'm telling you i love you man i i really think it. you're one of the best people that i have come across in my life i'm just i'm not a social guy the idea that you are in multiple bands <laughs> uh you're doing all this creative stuff which i do i i i'm attracted to being creative as well yeah you do photography and you've done yeah but nothing to the point to where i'm like i'm i look at you and i'm like god damn <laughs> i mean how does Life How does like Rachel, your what your wife? I mean, she doesn't care that you're like this super cool guy in a band. I think you know. I think that's why she's attracted to me so much. You know, <laughs> which is funny. She actually dated two drummers like going through high school, which is hilarious. But um, does she have a drummer kink? I guess maybe so. Maybe so. Oh, I have a funny story about that. I'll have to tell later. But uh, you'll have to remember that. Yeah, I. Uh, no, I, I. I find. The most interesting thing about life to me, I mean, I've lived in my my whole joke anytime I start a new job, you know, the whole like, oh, what's the two truths and a lie, you know, yeah. uh, is always about how many places I've lived. Because in my life, I think I'm up to seven states now. I love meeting new people and I love when those relationships carry on. And you are somebody that I always think of as like, when we connect, like you said, it could be three years before we talk. And when we connect, we never had that space. 
there's only a few people like there's not many people in your life I feel like but I love the friends that I've met and, and I feel like life's such a journey about how why I go places that I have or why things have happened right. even when things have gotten rough or like when we moved to Charlotte I know we've never really talked about too much about but I picked up the family moved into Charlotte and lost my job after eight months down there and we ended up back here and that was a big change and places that's taken me like yeah and the people I've met on those journeys like that's that's what I love about life and and Jay my buddy Jay is one of the people that I that I think about is meeting Jay and getting me back into music and when I started doing that, I mean, our kids were little, so it was a little challenging. You know, Rachel would be like, oh, cool, you're going to band. You know, she's like drinking beers with your buddies. Why well, I got a two-year-old, you know, it was a little, little yeah. bit of that. But and, and now it's so much easier. You know, now the kids are teenagers and, I, and there's a lot more flexibility to be able to get out and play music. So I still try to do that. It's a great outlet, just creatively, physically, creatively, it's my favorite part. Just as a, a side note here, and I'm sure at some point we're going to talk about parenting. If it's not tonight, we'll have another episode <laughs> on just being dads and the fact that oh. how crazy of a thought that is that you and I are parents to kids yeah. that we're responsible for. I got to think you're like, you're the cool dad, right? Or no? Yes and no. I mean, I try to be. Rachel always teases me and says that like, I, so I have a vision of what I think parenting should be like. And I think that's sometimes where it, she's like, that's where you go wrong. You have this, like, you have this vision of what you think things are going to be like, like, and maybe this is another episode, but I get pissed about the boxes of, of games. When you see the family sitting there playing sorry together and they're all right. like, I mean, when we sit together, it's usually like, Hey, put down your phone. Like, you know, it's like everybody's yelling at each other. My son's doing something. We're getting mad. And I'm like, I, and I always tell my wife, I just want to look like this family on the box. Like, look how happy they are. Wow. And so I, I mean, we have this thing of like, you know, ever, you know, because of social media, everybody's lives look happy. Right. I had somebody yeah. that at work once. So like, Oh my God, do you guys ever have problems? I'm like, well, of course, like, but we don't post that stuff. You know, you don't share anyway. But according like, to like your kids' friends, you've got to be the yeah, cool they, dad. It's got to be they like, like every dad thinks about, I want to look like Greg on the yeah. weekends. <laughs> I have, you know, been, um, to, to, I don't know what my kids think of me. I think like any kid, they think I'm awful, but like, um, I, I get stressed. The kids stress me out. That's the one place where I, I think my true personality doesn't come out because the kids, kids in life stress me out. So like what you see is probably different than what my kids see. I'm trying sure. to be better at that. Life and kids stress me out, but their friends always say like, oh, your dad's the best. And like, I forgot one night, like it was homecoming. So this, yeah, this kind of answers the question, but it, at homecoming <laughs> that we, we went downtown and got the kids were all taking pictures like Kenley and like four of her friends. Kenley is your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And my she's daughter, how, Kenley, how old are your kids? She's just 15, so that everyone knows. Yeah. She's 15? A, yeah, she's a sophomore, so she'll be 16 in August. So she's uh, got the permit, doing that whole thing. And then my son is uh, just about 17. He's in about a couple months here, and he's right. a junior, so junior and sophomore. They're so they're close in age together. See, I got to think like some people look at you and they're like, "You're their older brother or something." <laughs> yeah, I'm just like God. I mean, it's just even now I get angry at how well you've <laughs> aged. Like you're older than me and you look 10 years younger. It's the, I still look like the Unabomber at this point in my life. I mean, it, I mean, you could shave. I mean, would, <laughs> you would have a sweet mustache, by the way. I just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, this is, I, I kind of feel like this is me, the way yeah. that I am these days to where I, I don't like anybody. I don't like socializing. I don't want people coming up to me. So what better way than to look like this? Yeah. And people are like, yeah, I'm not messing with this guy. Yeah, I but like it. 
It's funny, you mentioned before our relationship over the years and how time will go by and you and I haven't really conversed or said anything. And I'm sure a lot of people have friends like that. And really tonight on the podcast right now, you're seeing the really the first time Greg and I kind of sitting down and having a chat in years. Yeah, it's been and And while. nothing, yeah. like I... I don't feel nervous. I feel like I know you. Yeah. I feel like we just kind of picked up. It's a crazy feeling, but yeah, I, I am pissed looking friends. at you. And I'm like, God, you can't look this fucking good. <laughs> I think it's the cold weather. I feel like, um, <laughs> you know, I always tell, we always joke about that. My wife looks young too for her age. So we get that a lot. And so we always joke and say, it's the water up here. The, or maybe the other the parents got to hate you guys. Yeah, they, they, it, they, behind the scenes, they've got to be talking so much trash about you and Rachel, but they're trying. They're they want to be your friends, but they're like, oh, I bet you're looking at Greg, or I bet you're looking at Rachel. They look so good at their, you know. And it's like, oh, they're they're just jealous of our sex, <laughs> our sex swings and stuff. And like, it, it was funny on the homecoming. The the end of the homecoming story was that the other moms were like, oh, yeah, because the girls were like, hey, can we take a picture with Greg? And everybody was like, yeah, Greg, get in here. And so the and the moms were like, oh yeah, we always hear about how cool Greg is, but Greg's an idiot. Greg does dumb stuff like come home after having too many and like talk to the kids. Like <laughs> Kinley, I love when Kinley and her friends are around. Right, and that's where Rachel's like, you need to like stop because I think I'm funny, and I'm just drunk. <laughs> Do you feel like you're still that Mizzou Greg right now? Yeah, sometimes I, I yeah, I it's baffling sometimes because i don't know when you like you know when you have kids like everything becomes about them but yet you're still trying to live your life and i think i right, struggle yeah. i struggle with that sometimes actually i have to remind myself i need to live through their eyes you know when we plan vacations or whatever rachel and i are talk about it it's kind of for them too it's like you know just trying to give them experiences so yeah i think it's hard like, i had a hard time you know trying to live with that yeah the fact that you acknowledge and you recognize that you know, I think that's yeah. huge. I totally see you being kind of sucked into the Greg's world and it's still Mizzou Greg <laughs> and just having fun. But it also doesn't surprise me that you recognize, okay, it's about our kids and they're the ones that we're kind of doing everything for. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we're in that, the teen life. We've got a lot of friends that one of the reasons we love living here is we're surrounded by just an awesome network of friends. I mean, Rachel's done a text group with all these moms. They're called the Mexico mamas. There's like 14 of them. They have 40 some kids between them all. It's like, we're one of the few that only have two. I mean, most of our friends have three and four kids. We are in this unique, like we, you know, when you have little kids, like our neighbors have little kids, we've got like my best friend, Steve, I grew up with, he's got five and seven year olds and I've got friends at work that have got the young kids. And it's like, we try to tell them like, as hard as it is, and I know what you're going through, love it. Because honestly, when they turn 13, like you never see them again. Like right. as soon as they're, they're face down on their phones, they sit in the rooms, like they're just angry. I mean, they're just teenagers. And we try to go back and be like, I, I get it. I know yeah. they don't want to hang out with me, but at the same time, like Rachel and I, spend a lot of time together, you know, like we're doing our own thing. And, and, you know, we go out and have dinner together. Kids don't want to come. And I had to get over that. I always wanted them to be there. Right. So I felt guilty. But then one day I was like, you know, like when they, if they come to dinner with us, they're going to complain the whole time. They're going to stare at their phone. They're just going to be like, when's it done? So I can go home. You know, it's like, yeah. so we're like, never you can't mind. Take we're, it personal. You really yeah, can't yeah. as a parent, you can't take it personal. Right. And that, that whole 12, 13, 14 year age area. Yeah. You're effectively just counting down to when they're leaving. 
Right. And you just have to hope that, that you've instilled enough of a direction and a good sense, a a good centering, a good foundation on them to where they can go out in life and not be like a murderer or not screw up (laughs) too big. I totally understand what you're saying. It's, it's and you're you're in that space, but I I've heard you know people say then they come back right like you, and you're right there like right when when they go to school there's because I remember it with my parents I mean I used to party with my mom and stepdad at the zoo I mean we had great times together you know it, you just it turns at that you know so we're hopeful for that but at the same time sometimes we just miss like this year at Christmas I, I just miss that like joy on their faces like. You know, now you give them an iPhone and like, thanks. And then, you know, right. Christmas is yeah, done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I miss some of that joy. And so even though I always tell my friends, like, I know you guys are struggling through it, but trust me, someday they're they're not going to bug you anymore and you're going to kind of right. miss it. <laughs> well, and then you started all over as, you know, being grandparents or something. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, oh, my God, yeah. I, I can't even imagine you and I are kind of in the same position of where we're we're trying to make the most of the hours really yeah. that we have left yeah. and you know i've got i've got what my oldest is already gone my uh youngest is second semester of his senior year senior just, okay, just yeah. getting like, there yeah yeah it's crazy yeah to think i have a junior i mean it's just so wild to start having those conversations it's like because i literally remember them they were like five you know <laughs> like it's like what happened i totally understand that and i think at some point you and I, if you're enjoying talking about stuff like this or whatever, I I would love to have an entire episode of what it's like to be parents yeah. from a dad perspective right. and from a hot dad's point of view like yourself <laughs> and then somebody that looks like me that's, you know, broken down. And I'm you going to me. reroute us back to your music yeah. because this is funny for me to admit to you. So about two months ago, I came across a video on TikTok. I was on the TikTok that all the young kids are using yeah. that we're all trying, everybody's trying to ban for whatever reason. And there was a video that came up after I watched it. I was like so mesmerized by it, but also it reminded me of you that I was like, I've got to, I've got to find Greg. I would love to talk to him on the podcast. I'm going to play you a little bit of that video. Okay. And I want to see if if you're aware of it or have seen it, what your thoughts are of this, okay? Uh, I've wanted to do this video with you for a long time. Okay, great. <laughs> so you guys do this thing where you play songs that that, that, other, that drummers don't know or, or probably aren't familiar with, isn't necessarily their style. You're a, you're a drum nerd and you know a lot of music. So here comes some music that I've probably never heard before and I'm going to try to play along to it and, and do my best uh, take a good musical stab at it. Oh, it's in three. I think. What if I fell to the Is it? floor? Couldn't tell this anymore. What would you do? Do, do. I do know this. And this point where he starts to play, I I busted right there. Yeah. So that's awesome. A little context to that. So first of all, have you seen that? Are you aware of that? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I've I've seen that actual one um with Chad and then I but I've and I just watched one the other day with another drummer Mike Portnoy, but yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, they bring a guy in 
that super famous drummer and play a song he because they work with like their drum techs and stuff to like find out what would they not know like right so that is chad smith and he's the drummer for red hot chili peppers red hot chili peppers i'm gonna tell you and i'm i'm up front with you i'm up front with anybody and people are gonna be like oh he's full of shit i didn't know who that was and i tell you i yeah. was going to just swipe through it just wasn't my music growing up <laughs> yeah. in the 90s and that's yeah. when greg and i were up we're in mizzou yeah. i was just into a different type of music i was Probably at the time I was into like R and B, yeah, you were a big R and B hip hop, getting right? into to country a little bit. Yeah. So Red Hot Chili Peppers, I ju it just wasn't my thing. So I don't know who this Chad Smith was. Yeah. Go back about two months ago, or whenever this was first kind of released. I think it was just a few months ago. Yeah, and there was something about this guy's persona, and I was like, this is interesting. Oh, so they're they're taking like I guess famous drummers, like, and they're giving him music that he can't hear the drum track to. Right. And they're just going to see if he can, what he comes up with. And I yeah. was like, from a creative point of view, I was like, this is kind of interesting. So yeah. I watched it, not my music. I was, I've watched that probably 50 times <laughs> and I get chills on it. I don't know why. I don't know why it speaks to me. I don't know why right. I think it's so cool right now. But when I watched uh, Chad Smith there doing his thing, yeah, visually, it reminded me of you a little bit. And I was like, I wonder if my buddy Greg is, is he doing, is he still drumming? Is he still playing? And it just got me thinking about you. And I was like, God, I, I've got to reach out at some point to see if you would want to do something on the podcast for us to kind of talk about. But that right there, that's kind of cool that you kind of know about it. Yeah, I, I, um, I, there's so much cool stuff on the internet, like for music, for, I mean, for anything really, right? But like music stuff is just like, I mean, you can, I mean, that's all I've been, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I've been learning to record music in here. I, this is a full recording studio. So I, I have all the equipment now to record music. And, and so I've been learning, it's like learning a new language. So it, it is, there's so much, you know, it's all tips and tricks. There's a million ways to do something. There's no right or wrong. So it's like, I watch tons of videos. And so with things like that come across, obviously I love, and I love Chad Smith as a drummer. I'm not, the biggest red hot chili peppers fan they're not my favorite band i like their stuff but they're not i can't think of a time when i've just actually pulled, like oh i'm gonna pull their music up and play it but does somebody but, like yourself do you view him as chad smith a drummer because you're a drummer yeah or he, do you associate him with red hot chili peppers no i like his style and it's funny that you mentioned that so the last show at a bar that i played was last september a guy came up to me and was like, dude, you're awesome. You and your bass player, he goes, you play just like Chad Smith. And so I like Chad's style. He plays how I play. So I think drummer is a drummer you pick up on. You know, I, I watched many a drummer that I that I like, and I yeah. like a more powerful drummer. I'm not a, I'm self-taught, so I'm not trained and learned and, and learned, right. You know, I don't read music, anything like that. So for me, it's the style. I like the style of a drummer. It, I love live music, going to a concert. And I just will watch the drummer. And if he's a big player like Chad is, because I play that way, I play pretty heavy where I hit hard and right. I, enjoy, I enjoy the physical element of drum. There's a certain, again, this, I'm not a drummer person. I'm not a rock guy, yeah. but I will say now that I've kind of gotten into vinyl collecting yeah. and the last few weeks, we've had some interviews with some people to where we've kind of gone over our preferences for collecting vinyl, that kind of music 
didn't do anything for me before, but I just, I wasn't ready to get into that. I wasn't ready to hear it. And yeah. now I am very much open into, there is no reason why that Chad Smith video <laughs> was, was going to speak to me, but it yeah. did. That's cool. And there's something about his personality yeah. that also comes out. You talk yeah, about it, the yeah. physicality of the drummer, yeah. but I can see like, my thing is, okay, when I think of you, he Greg does seem kind of like a drummer. If I think about what a, a a cool drummer would be, it would be Greg. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's got a great personality. I mean, he's a you know he's a in interview you know he's a kind of a wild guy, but he's 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 a got a great personality. But yeah, I've I love that about being a drummer. Like drummers have a you know some of the old drummers you think of Keith Moon and John Bonham, they're pretty wild guys. I'm not wild, but like I have a lot of energy. And drummers like. We're always moving and you know so it's just funny when i think of a band dynamic of a band is very much like a family or co-workers i mean there's a lot of the same things go on there's everybody's got a role right and right i love the element of being a drummer you're it fits my personality i'm very much a guy that wants to make sure everybody's doing okay and like so i'm like the peacekeeper if you will but also yeah. like you're the timekeeper so you're very important i mean you're kind of like leading the charge i feel i was trying to think of it in a football perspective the other day i was like i feel like they're like centers in a way i mean everything goes off them they got to be smart they got to know what's going on and they're kind you're of like the jason kelsey yeah. kind of yeah. are you into are you into the kelsey brothers is that Dude. kind of how you look at them i'm from kansas city man like oh. i am all uh -oh. kelsey i am all i'm a swifty like i am all don't even that's a whole that might take three podcasts that's another <laughs> that's another episode that we'll have to touch on though. i love their show i, I mean I, I i do i listen to that all the time um, i kind of see you as a jason kelsey too yeah he's great you know dude. i'm more of a diva like like travis though but but jason's got you know he's pretty cool i like jason so we've got about 20 minutes or so on this particular episode but with you being in the bands that you've been in as a drummer, I'm kind of curious, like going forward, or maybe in the last few years, you've touched on doing something more within music other than just being the drummer, like being actually in the band. Are you looking to do something kind of bigger? Like I said, right now, I've been really getting into like learning how to make music and, and dissecting it. Several friends of mine, we produce music we have a little small group of us that golf together this is hilarious because we're all over 50 so we golf together and we're yeah. called the producers club we all produce our own music but we've had it's just kind of a joke somebody will say hey we're gonna golf thursday night and and we're gonna talk about this album from 1987 you know listen to it bring your thoughts i listen to music differently now that i'm learning how to make it i hear it separately i hear like oh wow that's cool that the guitar that guitar is coming out of your right ear. I can't remember if I mentioned this the other day, but I love anything pre-digital. So like the music that was made in the seventies and before, okay. you know, from the Beatles up through all the set, you know, the Fleetwood Macs and the Zeppelins and all that, the music and even Boston, I mean, stuff like that, that music was made pre-digital. So what you're hearing is just instruments, just microphones and just rooms. Like rooms are a big deal. Like the Abbey Roads, the places they record for whatever reason. And, and so I watched tons of documentaries. I couldn't, I can't get enough of that stuff. So I, I'm learning to do that. I would love to produce music. That's probably been my dream job since I was a little kid. It's not a job you can like apply for, right? Like you, most guys end up just falling into it. Usually you end up producing because you have to here or there. But like I've been, I watch a lot of videos on like Butch Vig who like produced the Nevermind album. Butch Vig produced 
the two to the two Smashing Pumpkins record and Nirvana's record all in like a two year period, and that's just like mind blowing. Like he had those. So those... when you're talking producing again, this is this blows my mind. Although I'm so fascinated by it because you're talking about things that the music in certain channels are breaking yeah. things down. That's what I do when I watch movies or videos. Yeah. I'm always like, how do the, how do the camera do operators yeah. do this? How it's does the, the director yeah. Yeah. decide how to do this? So now you're kind of talking my language. Yeah. That's what a producer is the director, right? Like Interesting. Yeah. And this and, is something that you think like you've been actively trying to do this, like you'll do this for other bands or I would love to. I don't think I'm I'm not there yet where I'm skilled enough. Like right now I'm I've been really focused on learning how to record my drums. Like I can get my drums to sound like they're recorded in a really nice studio, you know, like so and now and recently like the song I shared with you the other day, that was an opportunity for me to like when you record your own drums, when you layer in other music things change and you have you know i might have my snare like going oh wow this sounds great but then you put guitars bass and vocals and it's like oh wait the snare's gone like now i gotta make some tweaks and like eq everything's about eqing and snare like you can't have the kick drum and bass drum gotta live in different frequencies it's all free it's weird it's all science it's it's a very strange most of it you can do by ear but there is a lot of weird science to it and math it's and it sounds like stuff that most of us don't really pay attention to. We just always right. just give us the the final part yeah, of the music. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, have you seen the Peter Jackson Get Back documentary on the Beatles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched it twice. Did, okay. So <laughs> when you're talking about stuff like this, yeah. you're going to be like, there's no way you didn't know about the Beatles. I mean, I knew about the yeah. Beatles in terms of the history books. But I really, I just coming around in the eighties, I was just like, you know, that stuff that like my mom listened to, it was just old yeah. stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I never got into them. I just now started to discover the Beatles yeah. when that documentary came out. And funny enough, and I talked about this on the last podcast that I had a Beatles fan, yeah. Amanda yeah. Weirig on, she's a huge Beatles fan. She's in her own band nice. and watching that documentary, I tuned in because of Peter Jackson and right. kind of the, the behind film, the yeah, scenes of yeah. what's going on. And I left and came out of that as a Beatles fan to where I'm like, I need more Beatles stuff. Yeah. And you talking about the producing side of it reminds me of, and and refresh my memory, who's kind of like the, the producer when the Beatles yeah. were together. Gl putting Glenn that all Johns. Together. Glenn, exactly. that, yes. Yeah. I don't know if he did all of their stuff, but I know in that documentary. So Glenn Johns was the guy behind the console that was physically doing the work of recording them. Right. So like I said, like the director, right. He's the guy that makes the tweaks. Producers kind of push the bands, maybe say, Hey guys, let's try it again. A lot of them do that. They push, they try to get the best, whatever it might be. He created what's called the Glenn Johns method, which is a recording method for recording drums that started with Zeppelin, Beatles, Rolling Stones, where he would use four microphones. It's still out there. I mean, if you Google it, Glenn John's recording method pops up. So I had known him because when I first got started recording drums, I only had four mics. And so I'm like, I got to try this thing. It's it's worked for years. And there's amazing albums that have used four mics on a drum set. Now, if you look at studio drumming, I mean, I have eight microphones, but most probably have 16. I mean, you got mics on everything. And then they all, and the producer's job is to blend it all together the right way, right? But yeah, so when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, that's Glenn Johns. Like, you know, just seeing him work, it was, that was my favorite part of like watching that and just watching them make music because that's, it's crazy. It's so bizarre that I think that I just discovered <laughs> fire in the last two years. And this is stuff that people like yourself, yeah. 
uh, Amanda, when I talked to her and did our podcast a few weeks ago, and people that have followed the Beatles and have been within music and do all this stuff for years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is just normal what? stuff. Yeah. For me, I'm like, I just, this is like uh, <laughs> 2001, and I'm like the little monkey ape guys, and I'm, I just found this fire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Peepers. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. You're going to hear a lot of SNL on the show because uh, we live during peak SNL. That's a whole episode. To see that you are kind of living this, that you dig this, that you understand this, and you have been going. And now that I feel like I'm just kind of tuning in now, I'm just like, now it really pisses me off of how cool you are. I'm just like, God damn. <laughs> no. I mean, give the rest of us that look like this a chance to be in the limelight for a little bit dude you're doing a podcast and you're a great photographer well you know what's funny though you're talking about like the four mics on the drums and what is it glenn johns yeah, and yeah. you're familiar with how to do this and then we're trying to do a live drum set for the podcast and we can't fucking do that you know no I it's no, like I, the yeah. sounds off we can't yeah. get it working and I, I mean i could record something and send it to you and it'll sound great but i don't know how to like yeah we were trying i mean we were like hey i I think we can do like multiple camera angles and then we were doing a little practice we did a live yesterday because i think i was going to facetime you just to kind of go over some ideas on how to do the podcast show and i was like hey if we can get an extra camera in and maybe have you play live on the show i think that'll be kind of cool you're the first person that has been on the show that knows more about this whole setup stuff than i do and you're like oh yeah 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 and so you just started moving stuff around and you're gonna buy like a thing for your ipad or your iphone and you got the camera going yeah you got it back there yeah, in, the, yeah. in the background Amazon, one day delivery and you were turning down like the input on the audio and we practiced it but the audio kept that when you started drumming yeah. it was just blowing everything out yeah. drums are terrible to work with man but it's just one of those things i don't know i miss being involved with what you have going on and a lot of it revolves around our kids and it it's it has to be local yeah just like all these moms that are friends with your you know with your wife and everybody's you know hanging out and all their kids that's just kind of where your yeah. focus is there's a few things that are awesome about the world we live in now you know when because my wife and i kind of joke a lot about going back to the 50s like we watched when we watched mad men and we watched some show we just recently watched the uh the chemistry one like lessons in chemistry on apple no, i haven't heard that no great like but set in the 50s and we always talk about man that just looks like such a great life everybody's outside you know there's no social media there's a, but then there's the digital side of life that i love like this that we can sit here like we're hanging out together having a drink at the bar together or like i told you i've made music you know when covid started that was a great example i made several songs four recordings of music because musicians started trying to figure out how do we navigate this when we can't be together and so that's where right. i started recording and writing music with friends and we've got really nice sounding stuff that we were never in the same room and that just blows my mind that you can do that you know it's super cool i mean relating that to the beatles thing isn't yeah. that how what the sergeant uh, pepper album came together i went down this deep rabbit hole after that uh, Peter Jackson documentary, yeah. I, I went all in on Beatles stuff yeah. that I could yeah. find. And like the Sgt. Pepper album, 
which I think a lot of fans regard as one of their best ones. And and correct me if I'm wrong, if you know anything, if you know more than I do on this, but most of the actual Beatles, the members of the Beatles, like hate that album I, because I, they weren't together. It was all done. Like it, that was Paul's pet project. And yeah. they all did separate stuff that they just, they put together at the, in the end, but the fans love it. So I just watched, I think I told you about this, but on, there's a documentary I just heard about and I watched it last week called If These Walls Could sing yes and that's paul mccartney's daughter shot it and it was about abbey road specifically about abbey road and one of the things they talked about is i didn't know this but paul mentioned that the beatles had in their contract they had unlimited use of abbey road studios per their contracts with their record company you know most bands you know pay like a like a young band i mean they they go in and try to knock the studio out as fast as they can because they don't have the money or you right. know, or some bands you know those big you know like a guns and roses where they spend two years in a studio i mean they blow so much money so beatles had unlimited use and he was saying in that documentary that they just went in and had fun they were just yeah. exploring and trying stuff having fun essentially and that's where that kind of album and that was their psychedelic phase they always talk about that was they were like super super like in the the lsd and stuff and just (laughs) making all this crazy stuff it's not my favorite album but i get it because it's very like there's so much to it there's layers and like it's not like the first album is just four guys playing instruments when they recorded their first album i think they said they recorded all those songs in one or two days or something we've got a little under 10 minutes on here and we've touched on a few different things, kind of a music heavy episode, which I love because I, and I think that we could dive a little bit more into a few things and we're going to have to have multiple episodes if you're willing to do down the road. I want to finish up this particular episode and I want to ask you, do you remember the first time that you met me? Like our first kind of interaction, what comes to your mind? Because I have something in my head that I remember you and how we came together. I'm curious. This is a fun game to play with your friends that you've had for 20, yeah. 30 years. Ask them, what's the first memory you have of your friend? I'm curious. What is your first memory of us? I, I want to say, so if I remember right, we both walked in that sex store in Columbia. <laughs> and we both had one of those fake mustaches on. You had like the beard. Actually, you look a lot like you do now. I don't exactly remember how we met, but I assume it was at our you know our our duplexes were across from each other like you mentioned the friends reference like Mm -hmm. i know we met through that but i don't remember our first meeting i remember funny stories of how we would interact but i don't know that i remember the very first interaction it's it's always see you know whenever you deal with like better looking people and stuff they never (laughs) remember the first time they met you you always remember when you interact with the the cooler group or something Here's my story, and you you tell me if you remember. We played wiffle ball at some point, right? We played a little bit of wiffle. Now, this okay. is when you were kind of with your first group at Mizzou. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 had your roommates at the mm-hmm. townhouse or the duplex, which right. is across the yard from us. Yeah, your back porch looked at my front door. Right. How I remember all of this, your ex, Heather, who was part of our little group, we had a group of, I think, five me you heather janice yeah. and then like a i say Pete, that you're Pete. a ridiculously good looking guy lance <laughs> was Tom 10 Cruise. times hotter than greg so however inadequate i feel around greg and he greg feels towards lance yeah i was friends i think i was classmates with heather yeah, that who's right. a friend of mine yep. also yep 
And we, w- I don't even know what class yeah, that she and of, I had, yeah. but she would come over and we would study in my kitchen That's right. in our townhouse. And I didn't know you at the time. Yeah. Your duplex with the guys that you were living with was side by side yeah. with Heather's. And that was for sure like friends. That door was just weird. Yeah, back yeah, it was back. just, you guys yeah. just went back yeah. and forth. Okay. Yep. So Heather and I used to study at my That's kitchen right. table. And I remember Greg coming over with a football <laughs> and he, just kind of tossing a football up in the air. And he'd come over and kind of knock on the back screen door and come in. But I think at first I was like, oh, here's the, here's the boyfriend just checking to make sure everything's cool or whatever. No. And then I think, I think Greg saw me and is like, yeah, there's nothing to worry about here. (laughs) But so Heather and I were friends, uh, classmates, we'd study together. And then Greg and I became kind of friendly to the point to where you started letting me watch blues hockey games over at your place (laughs) that's right you didn't give a shit about hockey and i was like no i was not yeah i think that was around the time i think gretzky had been traded to the blues or something i think i'm not i I don't quite remember but i do know it had to do with the blues and you would just let me come over yeah and watch the blues while you i i think while you went to go party with the girls next door or something so that's (laughs) how you and i kind of started i do remember that i hang out a little bit you guys having the class together that rings a bell. I just remember us interacting together, you know, just that, that getting to know somebody that lives by you. Like you said, I mean, I think immediately we connected on video games. I mean, oh, those yeah. were the days I used to stay up till two in the morning playing baseball on my Atari or whatever I had. And then, and then watching sports center for the 700th time all night. <laughs> Dude, we, you and I were all in on what was it? All Bill in. Walsh's yeah. uh, college football on the Sega Genesis. Oh, I think man, this was, was like mid nineties. Yeah. yeah. So good. Maybe 94, Actually, it was like 94, it. No, 95. Really... Cause you graduated in 95, right? Yes. So I'm a no. 97. I graduated Mizzou in 97. Was, so you're a couple yeah. years older. No, I was 96, December. So okay. I, I graduated six months. I think you and Heather graduated at the same time, right? Did you graduate yeah. in me in 97? Heather That's and I you... graduated the exact same time. Yeah. So I was just six months or I was the semester before. So 96, uh, December. So you and I, I mean, we got into playing college oh, football on the, on the Madden. Genesis. And then you and I became buddies. Yeah. When your boys, uh, the ones that you were hanging out with in your duplex i think they all left or something and then we became a group of five with me you lance janice and heather because i lived with uh the girls for that my last semester since since i was leaving in december i just stayed there with them and yeah the guys moved on and so yeah we ran around quite a bit this was a time of my life that was so much fun I look at all of all four of you and I I don't keep you're the one now really that I that I keep up with. I don't yeah. keep up with the others at all. I follow those guys, at least know what's going on in their lives, but we don't like interact per se. Yeah. Like, but I I dude, I just I remember just doing just stupid things with you like our townhouses are across the yard from each other and like at night it's two o'clock in the morning and we're doing like our lights. Do you remember like our lights? <laughs> yeah like morse code with we each did. other we for, i forgot when we would stop studying we would because we had halogen lights <laughs> i had a halogen light that i would aim at you those moth killers you remember those and lights <laughs> it's just like the stupidest things and then you and me and lance we had this thing with the football we're hanging out at yeah. night 
and then throw the ball fumble and then we all would just like wrestle around and And then it's like did way too much though (laughs) let's be honest he was handsome but he liked that a little too he was a little grabby yeah he was a little grabby he loved that game where the girls are like you guys enjoy this fumble game a little too much because you guys play it all the time and it's just like stupid things like that and i look back on that it brings back such joy yeah for me and i think people that know me nowadays you know i'm 40 i think i'm 48 going on 49 and i i just i don't like anybody i don't like hanging out with anybody i don't want to do anything and when people hear stories like this to where i had relationships with with actual humans and had this much fun they're just perplexed i love it i think about times like that and like i can only hope that like my kids when they go to college yeah have friends or find friends or can come across people like that to where you're not on a daily basis calling talking and i don't know maybe is it a guy thing or maybe it's just different i don't know seriously i mean you you watch this podcast tonight and it is it's the first time you and i've had this kind of a conversation in years yeah a long time yeah and it's like nothing has changed no and we should talk more because of that like i like i said i i love the people i've met in my life and i have you know you're you're one of the people that i consider you know just somebody that i hold on to for that reason because i just enjoy meeting people i try to enjoy life i mean i'd still play fumble just because i think life's too short it's life's too serious I mean, with work and lives and health and everything that goes on, like it's so important to just laugh. I mean, and I've always tried to be like that with my friends. It's, and it's so depressing though. You've, you've got to admit we're at an age now to where if somebody we know dies, you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh-huh. mean, it's coming you up. You don't man. question it. Like if when we were, you know, 20 yeah. years ago, if somebody dies, you're like, you're oh like, my what? God, was it a car crash or Syphilis? an airplane crash? Right. <laughs> But now it's like there's too many people. Yeah, I know. I've had 30, at least 35 people in just my senior class of high school. And we only had a class of 200. That I've died? had 35 people have died. Shut up, man. Wow. And they quit putting up the memorial photo thing because yeah. it's just depressing. And I'm like, are we that age now to where this is yeah. what it is? And it's I, I get so sad. St. <laughs> Or Cape Girardeau. Uh, that, that was the Cape Girardeau, Brian, oh, okay. that everybody gonna knows. Say, about the... <laughs> I was going to say, that's that's light. Those are my, light my LA, just, uh, my LA lifestyle prior to <laughs> Cape Girardeau, prior to Mizzou. That's a little different, too. But it that just it sucks away. because you said it. If you found certain people in your life, my thing is why start over? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like I view it as a growth, right? Like I connect with people and I f- seem to find friends that I can bring other, cause you've met other friends of mine. Like I'm, yeah. I kind of like that. I like having friends that can meet other friends. It's like you have these like internal requirements. They got to be able to handle people giving them shit or like can't be offended, but you know what I mean? Like we just seem Rachel and I seem to surround ourselves with those kind of people that that's why a friendship like this can last is like we keep things light but we can talk about serious stuff and and it's not a fin you know like like we talked about the other day a little bit yeah i I think a lot of people will when they listen to this podcast they're gonna be like well brian and greg probably just goof off just talk about silly stuff all the time and yes we do Uh, a lot of it has to do with our alma mater mizzou and all that stuff which we didn't even get a chance to talk about today but i mean we've we have gone through a lot of stuff together 
Yeah. And a lot of really intimate conversations about just difficult yeah. things in life. I just, I'm lazy <laughs> and I'm tired. And I'm like, I, <laughs> if something happens to Greg, then that's it. Yeah. I'm not going to try to recreate this with anybody. Greg's different. Greg's, <laughs> Greg is outgoing. Greg's an extrovert. That's right. I'm an introvert. I mean, yeah. Greg's, Greg's a hot dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm this dad. <laughs> no, no. I got put in my place recently and I told, I can't, this is the funniest thing. This is why I love my wife. I came home and told her this story. That's how cool we are. Right. Like, so I started my job at a new company a couple of years ago. It's a young company. Everybody there is pretty young. I'm, I didn't tell them my age cause they probably wouldn't hire me. We're at the first happy hour I go to and I'm talking to this just super cute girl. I'm like, oh, I'm going to flirt with the cute girl at work. You know, this is awesome. Like, you know, trying to feel good about myself. Like, you know, dad. You know, and I'm not afraid to be like, you know, yeah, of course I'm married. I got kids, you know, old guy, play the old guy card as we're talking. And I'm just like, you know, oh, I bet she wonder if she digs me. She, she mentioned that her mom was the same age as me. And I just, it was just like, literally just like you said, like a book. I'm just like, okay, you know, we're done. And I came home and told Rachel that I was like, yeah, you're going to love this. Like this girl's mom is literally, we're the same age. Like, so, I mean, I can have kids that are like my coworkers age. It's mind blowing. I remember we were in minnesota do you remember the year ballpark oh, when we actually man. like face we to face to yeah i went to dinner with me and rachel and you took us to dinner i yeah. still remember that very nice and i appreciate that a lot but do you remember the year whatever whatever that was you know there was an interaction i had with rachel that to this day i'm so embarrassed about <laughs> there was something where we were getting into the car or something. Don't tell her this because I'm so I'm still so embarrassed. And it's one of those interactions that you have with somebody. You know when you pass somebody and you say something that doesn't even make sense at the time. And I was just kind of nervous. Yeah. I said something to the effect of, "Oh, and you too." Yeah. And it did. It it didn't even make sense in the conversation. I just said, "Oh, you too." And and I was like, "Oh." It's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen um, Love Actually or something, when okay. Hugh Grant's going through and he does like this thing the, to the girl, and then he's like, oh, I can't believe I just did something stupid. But I was like, I was nervous around her because yeah. she was, this is the first time that I get to meet yeah. her, and I wanted to be kind of Greg's cool friend. And yeah. she said something to me, and I said, oh, yeah, you too. And I was like, oh, fuck, why did I yeah. say that? And I, still it? to this day, I'm like, I, I can't forget. I wish I could. I just can't forget it. I just looked it up because I had to check. I think it was around 2013 because you guys stayed in that new cool hotel, the blue. And that, oh, opened, yeah, yeah. that opened in 2013. So I'd say it was like 13, 14. So yeah, you're right. Close, About close 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And I, just, I wanted to be your cool friend. Yeah. you. I, just, I wanted to be somebody story. to where she's like, you know, Greg was so right about you that you're, you're this really cool friend of his. And then she's just like. <laughs> I can't imagine her looking at me now and being like, oh my God, I, I get it. <laughs> well, Greg, I appreciate you taking the little time tonight, middle of your week, away from family time, Love away it. from band time and music producing and uh, kind of hanging out on the Tossing yeah. Salad podcast. I think a couple of days ago when I pitched, you know, hey, would you want to do this? You have an open invitation anytime that you want to do a particular show. Yeah. And when I mentioned that to Greg for the last like three days, I get, I've had probably five text messages from Greg. <laughs> And yeah, he'll send I'm, me like kind of a list of like <laughs> 10 things that he's like, we can talk about this, this, so this, many this. Ideas, dude. So many. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. But yeah. I'm like, let's get through the first episode yeah. first. 
yeah no i i, I there the ideas don't stop with this one all right so this is a greg eisenhower episode 34 tossing salad podcast greg i love you man love you too brother this, this is fun <laughs>